0: this morning uh, we're going to be celebrating uh, the impact of children, teenagers, and young adults and how God is using and working through uh, young people right here at, at Lebanon Christian Church. We started last year doing these celebrations Sundays throughout the year, just celebrating how God is working, how he's moving, the great things that he's doing, and that we want to celebrate the youngest among us this morning. But before we do that, Uh, just wanted to give you guys a couple things related to what's happening overseas. I've heard Sean mention it a few times this morning already. Um, Some of you have asked, how can we help? Uh, What can we do? Uh, If we wanna give, what do we give towards? And so if you don't already have that, a great place you can give is to our ministry partner, TCM. You'll see on the slide, uh, if you wanna send a physical check, uh, the directions for that, you might wanna take a picture of that. Uh, You'll see the online website. You just need to designate relief Fund. Uh, TCM is one of our global partners. Uh, TCM has been working in Eastern Europe for decades. Uh, they began as a ministry uh, to reach people with Bibles and uh, the good news of Jesus back when the Soviet Union uh, was in existence. And they've continued and evolved over the years uh, to just develop faithful disciples. And why TCM makes a great place if you want to give, uh, to give towards, is because they have over the last uh, several years uh, developed disciples, uh, church planters, church workers in all of the countries that border. Uh, Russia and Ukraine. And so they are primed now, they're transitioning to see how they can use their churches and how they use their people to minister to refugees from Ukraine. Just as an example, if you've been to House Edelweiss with us to Austria, they right now are using their campus as short term housing for refugees who've made their way from Ukraine to Hungary, is the bordering country, and then into Austria. People in Hungary um, are are, are helping host, Poland, the Czech Republic, and so the funds that are given will go to help equip them and pay for some of those needs, as you can imagine, when you have whole families that are displaced, there are considerable needs. Uh, TCM is committed to this for the long term. Uh, They know that this is not going to be a short-term humanitarian crisis. It's not going to last just weeks or months. Hopefully the war doesn't last that long, but even beyond that, if you've seen the devastation, you know the needs will go on uh, for years. And so that's a great way to help if you wanna help financially. If you wanna help in another way or an additional way, uh, would you pray with us for Ukraine? We have coming up this Sunday, uh, this Sunday, sorry, this Wednesday, our second Wednesday call to prayer and fasting. Uh, We're setting aside the second Wednesday of the month as a time where we're challenging our church body at Lebanon Christian Church to intentionally pray and fast uh, together. Um, I would encourage you, if you want to participate with us, to just craft maybe two simple prayers uh, for what's happening in Ukraine. Uh, and pray those throughout the day on Wednesday. Uh, Pray them maybe at the first of every hour or maybe at every half hour, just a way to continually pray those things. And if you're willing, we challenge you to fast with us. Maybe it's from food, maybe it's from something else, but make it something that will give you an impulse, something you'll want to do or maybe crave to do throughout the day. And as you deny that craving, you instead pray to God and God uses the combination of prayer and fasting in powerful ways. And then we always, on those Wednesdays, gather back together in this place, uh, 6 p.m., for about 45 minutes of prayer together if you'd like to participate in that. But those would be tangible ways that you can help uh, with what's happening in our world. I want to pray over that and pray over you and pray over the uncertainty that's in our world, and then we'll move on with our celebration. God, I thank you. I thank you that even... In a season that is hard, in a season that's uncertain, that we can count on you, that we can count on you to walk with us, that we can count on you to guide us, that we can count on you to still encourage us and lift our eyes through your word. That God, you can give us that peace that that surpasses all understanding that we talked about last week. Father, you are faithful, and so I pray, Father, that you would meet us and help us to see your faithfulness. Father, I pray that you would um, work in the lives of believers in Ukraine and in Russia to show them your faithfulness. And God, we lift up the the prayer that Paul encouraged Timothy, that we would pray for those in authority, uh, including kings and leaders over us. God, that you would move and work and change hearts that this conflict might stop. We look to you, Father. Uh, We trust you. And I pray that you would encourage us and inspire us as we celebrate the impact of children, teens, and young adults today. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. A few years ago, uh, someone gave me a gift for Christmas. Uh, It was a screwdriver set. And I don't know about you, but when I think of a screwdriver, I usually think of something about this size—it's um, kind of your standard size screwdriver. Or I think of it with a Phillips head or a flat head. And uh, I've used screwdrivers like this for a number of things in my life. Sometimes their unintended purpose, which usually ends up with me getting hurt, uh, if I use it as a pry bar or some sort of poking tool. Um, but we've changed outlet covers and fixed RC cars and, and done all kinds of things with a standard screwdriver. I think for many of us, when we think of a screwdriver, if someone said, hey, draw a screwdriver for me, you might think of this or a flathead about this size. It's kind of the stereotypical screwdriver. But also included in that set were screwdrivers like this a, a really tiny Phillips head and a short and stubby Phillips head. Now, if you've lived any longer than probably five, six, seven years, you know that there's just as much value in these as there is in the larger screwdriver. That might be what we think of, but have you ever tried to change a battery in a child's toy with a standard screwdriver? Uh, you need a smaller one. Have you ever tried to fit into a really small space and, 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 and change a standard Phillips head screw? No, you need the short and stubby one. The point is is that each of these screwdrivers are important tools, uh, even though often we only think of this one. I think that sometimes when it comes to The body of Christ, the church. When it comes to thinking of students, I mean, sorry, servants. We often think of this standard servant. We we think of an adult, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70, 80. Those are the people that make a difference for the kingdom of God. And when we do that, we miss out on seeing that there are other tools, smaller instruments that are just as important and make just as much of an impact on the kingdom of God? And those are our children, preschool, elementary, preteens, teenagers, college students, our young adults. Do we understand that God uses them just as intentionally and just as impactfully as he uses adults? One of the things we fight against in our American culture is this idea that we just develop kids for what happens tomorrow instead of recognizing that they are kingdom agents uh, and people valuable to God that make a difference today. I want to share with you a few stories this morning. The the first are from history of young people who love God with all their heart, who God used to make a tremendous impact in this world. The first story is of a seven-year-old, a seven-year-old girl, again, who loved God with all of her heart, her soul, her mind, her strength. She was born to an ethnic minority, and not just that, an oppressed ethnic minority in a restrictive East African country. The East African country was so restrictive and so harsh towards her ethnic class that they'd go through seasons where they would limit the number of people that could be born to that ethnic minority. Uh, This seven-year-old girl lived during one of those times, and so when she learned that her mother was pregnant, she was concerned, and when her mother gave birth to her sibling, she was even more concerned. And when that mother hid her sibling and tried to keep him a secret, she was concerned, and then when she, the mother couldn't keep the seven-year-old sibling secret anymore, she saw the mother arrange to put that child in a position where someone from uh, the more noble class, as their country would call it, um, might find the child and have compassion on the child. And guess who stood watch to make sure that child was cared for? The seven-year-old girl. I think of a young teenage boy a teenage boy who had a faith that was a bit unusual among his peers, a young teenage boy who uh, sought God with his whole heart, who prayed in earnest and participated in spiritual practices, and in the midst of that, just sensed God calling him to boldly share about how good his God was and what God desired for people of all shapes and sizes. And yet that message wasn't received well, and that young man faced ridicule and harassment and suffered because of it. In both of these, the seven-year-old, the the young man in his mid-teens, were used by God for incredible things. Intentionally, didn't tell you their names, but you can find their names. They're recorded in the pages of Scripture. You can go to Exodus chapter 1 and and find the story of Miriam, Moses' sister, a seven-year-old. A seven-year-old who God used to help protect her brother Moses, who God used to deliver his people. And that's the impact of the youngest among us. The story of the teen in his his mid-teens, the young man, is the story of Jeremiah. You turn to Jeremiah chapter one in scripture, and you see that Jeremiah was called in his youth. And we know by how that word is used in Hebrew that he was a young man in his mid to late teens, and if you read the story of Jeremiah, you see him boldly proclaim God's word and boldly, boldly proclaim God's message. And yet he is ridiculed and he is harassed and he is thrown into a cistern and, and, and he, is, he, is, he is pushed upon and, and, and hurt by his people. And yet God used him in a powerful way. I had other stories written from scripture, but there's not time I could tell you the story of Josiah. An eight-year-old king of Israel who when you read the narrative in the, 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 the Chronicles of the Kings, uh, you will read of king after king who did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and then suddenly you come to the story of Josiah, and it says that he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord as an eight-year-old. We could tell you the story of Esther. Uh, we, we know that King Artaxerxes commanded that all the young virgins be brought before him, which would have made Esther a young girl in her mid-teens, And if you know the story of Esther, God uses her in a powerful way. I could tell you the story of Mary, the mother of Jesus, who likely was in her young to mid-teens and gives birth to the Savior of the world and is obedient to God. I could tell you the story of a young boy who gives up his food and Jesus uses it to feed 5,000 people, not counting women and children. And the list goes on and on. These are young people that God has used right there in their time, in their youth, to make a difference for his kingdom and his purposes. One of the most famous that we think of when it comes to young people is Timothy, the the co-worker of Paul. Oftentimes, when we think of Timothy and some famous words about him and his youth, Uh, we think of 1 Timothy 4.12. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for others in how you live. Those words were written by Paul between AD 63 and AD 65. We know from what we would call extra biblical resources that that term young is often used to describe someone who's younger than the age of 30. And so probably at the most, Timothy was around 29, 30 years old, when Paul is writing those words to Timothy. But here's what's impactful. When you rewind to Acts chapter 16, when Paul first brought Timothy to work with him, that journey of Paul is around AD 50. So some 13 to 15 years before, Paul challenges Timothy to set an example. So that makes Timothy in Acts chapter 16, 14, 15, 16, 17 years old. And look at the description of Timothy in Acts 16. Acts 16, verse 1, Paul came to Derbe and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in faith and grew daily in numbers. That account shares the story of Paul inviting a young man to join him who participates as an equal in the ministry that results in that final verse that the churches are strengthened and they, um, they're strengthened in their faith and they grow in numbers daily. A young teenage boy is used to help strengthen and grow the kingdom of God in the first century following the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus. But look at the other descriptors. Verse 1. He's called a disciple. The word that Paul uses in the original language is methetes. It is that word that's used to describe the 12. It's used to describe other disciples in the book of Acts. It's that person who trusts and follows Jesus, who has dedicated their life to living like Jesus. And what happens? We see the reputation of Timothy. Verse 2, the believers at Lystra and Iconium speak well of him. Like this young, mid-teens man has found a way to influence people in communities that are close to him. And what's even more impactful to me is that Paul invites him to come along, and it says as they travel, they deliver the decisions reached by the apostles and elders. Like this, this powerful tool in the hands of God, not just Paul, but the teenage Timothy. And then the result that the church is strengthened, people come to follow Jesus not because Timothy had to wait till he was 30 or had to wait till he was 40, not, not because he was a part of the next generation to make an impact, but he was a part of that generation and he could invest and influence and inspire people to faith. And I share that just to illustrate that God has long been in the business of using young people, preschool, children, preteens, teenagers, young adults, to make just as much of an impact in his kingdom as 43 year old men and 60 year old women and 80 year old men and women. God uses children to make an impact. God uses young people to make an impact. Uh, One of the things I've been convicted of recently is that even in my own speech, uh, not intentionally, um, I've reinforced this idea that you have to wait till later to make an impact One of the common ways to refer to ministries uh, in the United States that target children and teenagers and young adults is to put them under this umbrella term called next gen or next generation ministries. And that's what we've called our ministries for the last few years. We'll look at our children's ministry, our preschool ministry, our student ministry, to junior high and high school students. And we'll say, those are next generation ministries I've been convicted recently because what were he saying? And that we're saying that, no, they're the next generation to make an impact. But they're a now generation. God uses them. They're they're screwdrivers. They are tools to be used by him and in his hands. And so we want to celebrate that. We want to work to become a church that that serves multiple generations alongside each other and celebrates that, that children and teens and young adults make just as much of an impact in the kingdom as middle-aged adults and and elderly adults. And so let me share with you a few stories, not from history, but from right here in our Lebanon Christian Church community. I'm gonna warn you up front that these stories are just scratching the surface. Uh, They are just a sample. There are so many more, and time does not allow me to share. But let me share with you some stories from the last 12 to 18 months of young people right here at Lebanon Christian Church who are making an impact for King Jesus in our world. Um, One simple story, I had a conversation recently with a person who would graduated high school in the last couple of years. They find themselves in a part-time job and in the course of that part-time job, they started having conversations with coworkers. In the conversations with coworkers, talking about common interests, the subject came up of faith. And this young person uh, learned that their coworker was a staunch atheist. And that young person continues to engage with that coworker in conversation, intentional conversation, not forcing their faith, not pushing their faith, but being open to dialogue, offering to bring Bibles and and look at it alongside the person. And this is coming from someone who's a recent high school graduate. I think of the story of what happened a couple of years ago, about 18 months ago, a fifth grader in our church compelled to see that people in our community who had vulnerabilities because of the harsh weather in winter, organized a drive to collect coats and gloves and hats for for people who were vulnerable in Boone County. I think of the stories of of some of you with children and grandchildren who who organized lemonade stands to support Isaiah 117, who have brought your children together to pack bags for packing hope. I, I think of the children who color pictures and they deliver them to nursing homes and, and some of them delivered pictures and cards to me to encourage me. And I think of the impact of the youngest among us. I think of the story of one of the children in our preschool group and, and, and our preschool minister, Julie, had, had a giving tree this last Christmas and, and they started selling their stuff to be able to buy things off the giving tree to give to people in need. I think of the story of of two teenagers in our church last fall who were traveling from a store and found a woman on the street in a wheelchair who was struggling to get across the road. And they stopped their car in the middle of the road and helped that person get to where they needed to go. And I think of the story of a young person in our church who weekly has brought someone who can't drive to church for the last couple of years and i i think of the a sibling group who who goes to a local food distribution food bank place and 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 runs pallets on forklifts and helps organize to make sure that those that are vulnerable and need food have food i think of the families in our church who together jump in cars and deliver meals for shalom or the older teens who gather at Shalom to help cook food for people in need. And the list just goes on and on and on. These are young people that God is using right now to make a difference in his kingdom. And we haven't even touched those that are serving at Lebanon Christian Church, serving in ministries alongside some of us who are making a difference. And for their story, I'd like for you to check out this video.
1: One of our core beliefs that we believe with students is that they're the church of today, not the church of tomorrow. And a long time ago, we probably said they're the church of tomorrow, so let's you know, treat them well. Let's bring them in, invite them in. Um, but we've adapted that. We've learned, no, that actually they, they worship beside us. They serve beside us. They, they, they learn beside us. Uh, their, their faith is as important as an adult's faith. And so we want to invest in them while they're young and, and instill that in them as well. So we've, we've really embraced that idea of we want them to serve. Uh, we want them to um, be the church alongside it all. We want this to be the place where they find where their faith can grow, um, and that's, that's highly important to us.
2: I started off helping, and then I realized that, for me, it was so much more than just something I could do to kill time. Like, it became something that I looked forward to every Sunday and that I loved doing. These little kids are just hearing about the wonderful God who died on the cross for their sins and like hearing them like tell you like oh I just learned about Jesus died on the cross for my sins and he saved me but he saved me and that really has helped me along the way in my through my journey it's just been so beautiful just watching um, just this mentality of servanthood unfold churchwide. But in kids' church, it has been such an encouragement to see, especially in um, that young age of junior high and high school students um, and how beautiful I think that story is um, and how much they may be inspiring and encouraging other people, rather they be the same age or an adult um, and just showing that there is importance in serving Um, and especially with kids. I just always like little kids. I think they're really fun. You can't really like offend them or anything and you can say anything and they'll agree with you and it's really cute. I don't know, I just enjoy being around them. It's much different than being around teenagers and adults and it's it's great.
3: (laughs) It's very cool to watch them grow and get an idea of you know, their faith is stronger each time they serve. Um, and they're willing to share that with the kids, which is just really cool. I mean, just watching them, you know, stories that they learned as kids, but now they're teaching them to the, the kids in their
1: care.
2: They are weak, but he is strong.
1: Uh, I would love for any, any student that comes through this, this church, that they know that there's a place where they can serve as much as there's a seat for them to worship at. Uh, in the room with the rest of them, uh, we want them to have a place to serve. So I love it when students are serving downstairs with our preschoolers, uh, or they're helping uh, greet at the doors. Uh, and, and honestly, we're, we're getting to the point where we don't want them just serve here, we want them to serve in their community as well. So that's, that's a, a huge new step for us as well, to say how can we encourage students to get out into the community and the world to serve. We want the
2: parents to know They're here to go to church, and we're here to help watch their kids and stuff. That's what we're here for, and we want them to know that they can trust us with their kids, and they can trust us
3: with other stuff. I think they're seeing their faith come alive, you know, because they're taught these things, but then finally they're seeing how the words that they say make a difference, and that, you know, God's working through them in these little kids' lives. And I just, yeah, I think that happens all the time.
2: You know, they're not so far away in age or in grade. And so when they see them and they see their leadership and their faith being grown through that leadership, through a small group leader or a leading worship or whatever it may be, I think that that definitely helps grow that younger person's faith so that they can see there's a way for me in the near future to serve and make an impact on God's kingdom. And I think that um, they get excited when they see these students come down and help from Jason's area. um, And they are just yearning for that time to come for them. Being able to see like God's love in action with these kids like as they get older, it has made me like realize how wonderful and how loving and how great that God is that we have that created us all. And I think that has really helped me.
0: I thought it might be neat for you to hear uh, from one of our young servants this morning, uh, right from his lips. And so uh, we have a young man who uh, loves God uh, with his whole heart and loves others. And I'd like you to hear from him. So would you welcome my special guest? So I know who you are.
3: I'm Daniel Schooler, and I'm 11.
0: Awesome. Daniel, we talked the other day at your house, and I wondered, did you come up with a joke to tell everybody? Yes. What is it?
3: Um, where did the hamburgers go to go dancing? The meatball.
0: <laughs> Good deal. Um, Daniel is uh, a young man who, who just, like I said, loves God and uh, he loves to serve. But before we even talk about serving, why don't you tell us some of the things that you're interested in? What are some of the things that you like?
3: Um, I like baseball and I like to go to school and I like to spend time with my family and also I like to um, visit other people.
0: Yeah, you're a big people person, aren't you? Yes. Now you were telling me the other day at your house that um, you got a new video game. Yep. Who wins at the video game the most? You or your dad?
3: Um, it's now me because um, <laughs> dad um, first I started um, at fourth place. Now he's at the fourth place, <laughs> and I'm in first place every single time that I play video games.
0: Very cool. Did you notice we're matching today?
3: Yes, I do.
0: That has a little bit to do with how you serve, would you just share, um, with the people that are here and those that are watching online, the different ways that you serve?
3: So I serve by, um, people and also I sometimes do worship and then, um, I hold the communion tray and I pray. Yeah. And I, um, am in the worship league.
0: That's awesome, man. Um, I often hear stories about Daniel uh, from Mallory and others and just how eager he is uh, to be involved. And if you walk in on that side of our building by the offices, you will often see Daniel's smiling face waving at people. Um, I told him that he has a way with his smile and his voice of cheering up a lot of people. There are many Sundays when I hear uh, my name down the hallway and he is there to, are you waving at your mom? yeah. Very cool. Um, why why do you like to serve, Daniel?
3: Because I like to um, serve to God, and also I like to um, help other people.
0: Very cool. Those are all the great reasons to serve, aren't they? Yes. Now, we talked about this the other day. Your mom actually had this question, which I think was really good. Um, when you think about other people who maybe say that, they can't serve, what would you say to someone who doesn't think that they can serve?
3: I'm sure that you guys could serve. Um, Just think of one thing that you really enjoy and then do it.
0: Awesome, that's great advice, bud. Uh, One of the reasons why I wanted you to hear Daniel's story is because he's just representative of many children in our church. You saw some of them on the big screen. Again, many more whose stories we haven't been able to tell today. The people who want to make a difference, and God uses them right now. And uh, so, Daniel, I told you I want to do this. I want to be able to pray for you, but for other children like you who are serving, okay? Okay. Let's pray. God, I thank you for Daniel and the way you use him and his gifting to make a difference in the world. And God, I'm so thankful not just for him, but for um, the dozens and dozens of other children and teenagers and young adults at Lebanon Christian Church who serve. God, would you use them, continue to guide them, continue to clarify how you want to use them, uh, and, and help this world come to know you through them. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Man, thank you so much for joining me.
3: Thank you. Bold and courageous.
0: Thank you again, bud. Again, Daniel's story is just one of many um, young people who make a difference right now today. And so I just think we need to celebrate that. I think that in a world that seems to have somewhat gone mad, I heard again Sean talk about that a little bit earlier. Um, we need to celebrate that God is up to something and he's working and he's, he's moving and he's doing it through all generations. So as we kind of bring our celebration to a close, uh, I wanna challenge you to think how you might be able to inv- be involved in impacting young people that they might continue to impact other young people. How could God use you and how could God use me to invest, to influence, to inspire young people as they invest, influence, and inspire us and in others. Uh, One of the things we try to do during our celebrations is show how we're a part of this bigger mission that God is doing in the world. And so one of the things I wanna highlight and how you can be involved is just through your faithful generosity. When you faithfully give to Lebanon Christian Church, you not only enable what happens here to take place, what happens to our global partnerships around the world to take place. 20 cents or 20% of every dollar gets invested beyond the walls of Lebanon Christian Church. And most of our partners are investing in young people. Some of the ones that come to mind are Haitian Christian Outreach who has an intentional program to not only have child sponsorship, but they also have schools that they've built uh, in communities all over Southeast Haiti. And their purpose in building those schools is not only to provide education and to raise literacy in Haiti, uh, but to use that environment to help these young people see who God is and what he has to say about them. And those young people are graduating, and they're influencing Haitian society, not just as adults— But even as kids, they're going home and sharing their faith with their parents and they're making a difference. I think of the humanitarian efforts that come through our organizations like FAME and IDES who who just get right in on the ground in crises, like what are going on in our world. And some of the first people they help are children. Why? Because the children make a difference. Uh, Probably one of the easiest global partners to highlight the work of is Hanging Rock uh, Christian assembly, our camp that we support, who throughout the year hosts retreats and camps for young people uh, from uh, just before elementary school all the way through their college years to help them see that they are kingdom agents right now. What, what I love about what the camp does is that when Paul writes about us being ambassadors for Jesus Christ, he doesn't clarify that by saying, no, once you're an adult, you're an ambassador for Jesus He says we are all ambassadors, we're all agents, and so the camp helps these students and these children realize that they're an agent right now to go to their homes, to go to their schools, to go to their sports teams, to go to their choirs, to go to their their drama groups, and to influence for the kingdom of God. And God uses them time and time again. Uh, We could talk about the works that are going on to support pregnant women, young and old, and their infants. We support a work here locally uh, life centers that helps young women see that they have choices when it comes to pregnancy and surrounds them as they care for their infant children. Uh, we support a clinic in the Ivory Coast through CMF that our church helped fund even the building of that maternity clinic to come around young mothers and their children. And again, the list goes on and on. So by supporting Lebanon Christian Church with your generosity, you help. Value and acknowledge that children and students make a difference. But beyond that, what can you do? Beyond that, you can be a part of investing right here at Lebanon Christian Church in the lives of this generation of children and students and young adults. Uh, perhaps if you read widely, you see that right now in the United States of America, there is a crisis when it comes to volunteers. You might have conversations with others that speak about how um, so many employers are looking for workers and they say, well, where have all the workers gone? Do you know that nonprofits, both faith based and non faith based, are asking the same question about volunteers? Our schools are asking it, the United Way is asking it, the Red Cross is asking it, our church is asking it, and churches just like ours. There's been in the midst of the pandemic this pullback from many just to kind of surround what's happening in their home and their interest in their lives. We've seen that here at Lebanon Christian Church. Our children's ministries themselves have suffered because many have pulled out Um, and we have some faithful people that keep going. And so I would just challenge you to consider if God wants to use you to invest, influence, and inspire this generation of young people. I know that serving with children is not for everybody. But you want to know the truth? It's for a lot more people than you think. It's for people that care deeply, who love compassionately, and will help invest and share their faith with young people, they might share their faith with others. If you're interested in being involved and God's pricked your heart to be a part of helping this generation of young people continue to make a difference, you can email Mallory, mallory at lebanonchristian.org. You can email Julie, our preschool minister, at julie at lebanonchristian.org and they'd be happy to get you plugged in. Uh, if you really wanna help with, with, with teenagers, you can email Jason, jason but Jason's in a really cool spot right now. He's got a lot of incredible volunteers. He puts you to work, um, but our greatest needs are in our children's ministry and then our preschool ministry. Here's my hope. My hope is that as we celebrate the impact of students, uh, you not only see that they're valuable tools, Um, But God wants to maybe use you to make a difference in, in crafting more valuable tools for his kingdom. Here's another hope I have, is that we would become a church that grows in its efforts to have multiple generations serving alongside one another. What's it going to take to do that? We have to cultivate a culture of grace, humility, and flexibility. A culture of grace, Oftentimes, we wanna do our very best for King Jesus, but let's be careful not to equate excellence with perfection. If you're gonna invite multiple generations to serve alongside one another, there's gotta be grace. A grace for a child or a teenager who is learning, who is maybe not as proficient, but they're, they're, they're wanting to invest and make a difference for the King. A really powerful story, it didn't end up coming to pass, but I love the effort. Uh, Earlier in January, one of our people that works with our tech team, running our sound and our video, knew that there was going to likely be a time when he and another worker weren't here, and so they issued an invitation to some of our young men who run sound with our student ministry in their their worship environment on the second Sunday of each month. Willing to let them come and be a part of, of running sound in this space. It also takes humility. It takes humility because we who have been doing this and who are older have to be willing to listen to those who are younger understand that their ideas matter and sometimes their ideas are even better than our ideas and we have to swallow our pride and listen and grow and it also means flexibility the reality is is that a five-year-old a 10-year-old an 11-year-old a 16-year-old probably is not going to have the same uh, you know awareness of being responsible and showing up at exactly the right time Many of them do, but sometimes they don't. It's for things they can't control. Will we be flexible enough to invite them even when it might be unpredictable? But together as we offer grace and we act with humility and we practice flexibility, can we be a church where we serve together where we're just all these generations making the impact for the great King Jesus? Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for the chance to celebrate the youngest among us celebrate what's happening through so many of our children and our teenagers and our young adults. God, would you inspire us to invest, to see the value and the purpose uh, in, in elevating the young and prioritizing the impact that they are making right now today. Guide us in this, Father, in your name we pray, amen. Amen.